about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. This is for the win. Welcome, everyone, to the Debate Center here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is your moderator, of course, the devious one. I've been seeing my other hosts today. Of course, I'm joined here with my familia, the family, the blood that runs through my veins, ladies and gentlemen. And that is, of course, the banger of all bangers himself, the one and only. He is the real TK, not the other TK, but we're not here to talk about that. This is different. Ladies and gentlemen, the banger of the bangers. Banger. banger. After banger, after banger, after banger, after banger, after banger, after banger. Brings that banger. He brings it, baby. That is right. That is right. That's right. And the man with the IQ himself that I finally, the you know, the Jets made a, uh, a decision. Finally, it got done, right? So we can say that it got done. That's right. Damn, baby, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, the man, the notorious one himself, from the, of course, Philadelphia himself, Mr. Extreme, the DOM. Oh, shit, I get my own music here, too. Oh! What <laughs> <laughs> <Hold> up, Jordan? <laughs> oh, that is right. Great first in our hearts. De Niro, I knew you'd come. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank and you, my devious yes, brother. <laughs> welcome. You are very welcome. And shout out to everybody in the chat. Graydon, what is going on, my brother? Yes, you were first. Jordan, what is going on? De Niro, what is going on? And of course, my tribal chief, the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Streets, my boy. Hi, Aaron Rodgers. Does this does this TK have an announcement? Uh, well, he's going to have a lot of them announcements. Oh, yes, absolutely. Got to wait till the end of the show. Brian, what is going on? Oh, that is chef. right. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, oh, if you're watching this and if you're new to the Bloodline Entertainment Network YouTube channel, subscribe now. Hit that, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, get that notification bell. And if you're watching on Twitch as well, subscribe, follow us on Twitch. If you're watching this on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, do not forget to follow us today. Follow us as we give you all the entertainment. And also, not forget to go to bloodlightnetwork.com for all your needs, for all your sports articles, MMA articles, pro wrestling articles. Anything you would like will be at my website all in one. That's what we are, the bloodlightentertainmentnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe and go to the website, bloodlightnetwork.com. It's sexy. Very, very sexy. It's a banger. It is a banger. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we're here to talk three topics here today on this debate center, and we have three sports stuff to talk about it. So, we're going to start off first of all. Let's start off with some NBA, shall we? Let's do it. 
That is right. We got some NBA, ladies and gentlemen. Was we're talking about the playoffs, baby. The playoffs are in set. We talk about talk playoffs. About- yeah, playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> that playoffs? is right. We're here to talk about playoffs. And of course, we already know what happened with today's schedule. Of course, we did see the Atlanta Hawks surviving of you know avoiding elimination. Um, you know, for, so I was surprised that they avoided elimination against the Boston Celtics. And of course, that end of was in 119-117. Of course, Trey Young did fantastically performance tonight. And then later on, we do have which is starting guys of right now, you do have who's avoiding elimination. You have the LA Clippers versus the Phoenix Suns. So they're on a you know thin ice as well as Kawhi Leonard is out indefinitely. So we're not gonna see him at all. So now this is Russell Westbrook to you know put up or shut up now. Let's see what he could do. <laughs> exactly right. And also, we do have on during the halftime right now, we do have the Denver Nuggets who are also leading three and one in their you know in their series against the Timberwolves as 48-47. But man, let's talk about you know, review what happened last night. The Lakers. Yes, that's right. I'm wearing the jersey for a reason, baby. <laughs> That is right. Go Lakers, baby. That's right. Go Lakers. And I'm wearing the Kobe one. See, the Kobe, the break, <laughs> nice. and the 24 right behind me. But let's talk nice. about the performance from last, from last night's Lakers and the Grizzlies. So I'll take it to UTK. Break it down. Give us your review thoughts of the Lakers, the Grizzlies, and overall the playoffs, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I said going into the playoffs. I said actually at the NBA trade deadline, when the Lakers made the moves that they did, bringing D'Lo in, bringing uh, Beasley in, bringing Jared Vanderbilt in, training for Hachimura. They completely revamped that team. LeBron just happened to be injured at the same time, getting his legs fresh, keeping him healthy for the playoffs. I said if Anthony Davis, who was who kept that team relevant and alive, he had a 20-game stretch where he w- was a top-three MVP candidate of the season. So I said if LeBron came back healthy, if AD was healthy and those role players locked in, The Lakers could go to the finals, as crazy as that sounds. Do I think they're going to go to the finals? No. But do I think they're going to beat this Grizzlies team who chirps way too much without ever doing anything? Absolutely. Lakers move on. The Dubs, you want to look, and then you got to talk about who they would play next. You got the Dubs, you got the Kings. Wow, Kings go up 2-0 on the Dubs. Dubs come back. They tie the series. De'Aaron Fox is hurt, though. Hurt. He's got a... He's got an injury on his shooting on a shooting hand, his left hand on his index finger. He's not going to be able to play. He's probably going to be ruled out for game five. That is huge. Is is someone who roots for the dubs because it's a Chicago sports fan? It's miserable. Like we don't have I'm obviously I root for my teams, but I need a Patrick Mahomes to root for. I need a Steph Curry to root for. So I like the dubs. I root for the dubs. But you never want to see a guy like De'Aaron Fox get injured, and that's how you win a series. That's awful. So I feel for the Kings in a big, big, big way. Who knows? Maybe the dubs won't win. I do think they will. Lakers dubs next round. Whoo, we let's go. The Suns. That team right there, the Phoenix Suns, will be the team to get out of the West. The Dubs and the Lakers are going to beat each other up. Phoenix, KD, healthy. I've said for years, he's the best player in the league. You got CP3, he's finally going to do his thing. Devin Booker's putting up 30 points a game already. That trio right there is the best trio in the NBA. They'll go to the finals from the West. The East is a crapshoot. Oh, my God. What Jimmy Butler did last night, putting up 56 points. He outscored the big three of Miami, 22-16, to in lieu of an 11-point comeback against Milwaukee, going up 
three to one in that series on verge of becoming just the sixth team all time to be the eight seed to beat a one seed. Crazy if that happens. I don't know if it will, but that's crazy. The other series, Boston, Trey Young just hit a 30 foot game winner to take it to six. Wild Philadelphia, your boys. I'll let you talk about them and the Embiid, the Embiid stuff. I love Philly. I think James Harden and Embiid click well, but it's Boston. Boston's the deepest team in the East. I love what the New York Knicks are doing against Cleveland. Jalen Brunson, that's a great hustle story. They The Knicks beat the Heat 4-3 to three in the regular season. So if it comes down to the Knicks and the Heat next round, the Knicks could get to the conference finals, as crazy as that sounds. I don't think it matters. Boston's coming out of the East. Phoenix is coming out of the West. Phoenix is winning the NBA championship this year. Oh, all right. That now that was a banger. That is right. All right. Bakley, give us your take. There's, there's a lot of points to go with uh, the playoffs so far. Of course, Jimmy Buckets, 56 points. You, you hit the nail. He had 19 points just in the first quarter. Uh, with a, I actually think he finished with like 22 points. He, like he couldn't miss. He even had that shot where he just threw it up and it went in, and he had at the end one foul uh, towards it, and they just they kept, just kept picking away, picking away. But I just feel like there's something uh, missing with the the Bucks. Maybe it's uh, at guard because they're not getting much from there. They're getting a lot uh, as expected from Brook Lopez. He's doing more than expected. He had 34 points last night. Giannis only had like 22, 23. Uh, Chris Middleton has been the guy where he's supposed to be the number two, but ever since he came back from that major injury, he hasn't been the same. He's only averaged 10 to 15 points when they rely on him to score in 20 to 25, uh, maybe a little bit less, but he's not doing that. So between him and the guard position, they're not getting a lot of production. And then the bench, they're not getting a lot from the bench. They're getting more from Grace Allen than I'm, than I've expected. It, then you bring up, of course, the Lakers. Uh, we, we haven't talked about the fact that one of the big moves they made was move Austin Reeves into the starting lineup. He's a guy that can score. They had him at the sixth man. They made the move once uh, LeBron got hurt. They moved him in. He had 23 points last night. He was second on the team in scoring. Uh, so they're getting a lot more production out of him than than they were in the beginning of the season because of the injury. So that injury kind of helped them out there. And Anthony Davis is staying healthy. The Lakers are great when he is healthy. He is basically the number one option there. LeBron, even though LeBron has all that production, he kind of wants to be the the sidekick right now. But uh, yesterday he kicked into action. He became the number one with the inconsistencies of Davis last game. And he killed it, 22-20. and The oldest guy to ever get 20-20. and uh, in the NBA at 38 years old. That's the mm-hmm. point to think about there. He's able to, with all those time missed injury, his body, even though it's breaking down a little bit, he's a little bit like healthy. He's rested. He can play this playoff thing. The fact that they were able to make it in with him missing 20 plus games is, is a testament to the guys that they trade for. They got guys that have their skill set. It's not they're trying to put all these alpha uh, males on a team and try and win. They got guys They got guys that play defense, Vanderbilt. They got guys that shoot, Reese. They got uh, Hachimori who can shoot off the bench. They got different guys that can do different things. And I think just the way it matched up, Memphis has had a lot of problems. 
the last month with, uh, of course, John Morant and the guns situation. You got Dylan Brooks. He's always mouthing off. Uh, but they're still playing well. They're still able to make the playoffs. It's just that now they're not getting the production every game out of John Morant. John Morant had a down game yesterday. If he would have just stepped up, they probably would have won that game. But they were lucky to get Desmond Bain to get 35 points. You got the Sixers. The Sixers were able to sweep a pretty easy series, I think, in the Nets. The Nets challenged them in games three and four, but they were able to win without Embiid. Uh, Embiid has a knee issue. He's going to be wearing a brace starting next series. He's hoping to play uh, game one. The longer these series go, the better it is for him. The fact that they were able to sweep the Nets was a good thing. And you got you saw a lot out of Tobias Harris. That's a guy that I'm like, you're finally going to see what he can do uh, with the shooting. He's averaging 20 points a game through the four games. You're getting the production out of him. Harden was able to be more of a facilitator game four. He had 17 and 11. You're getting Maxi, who's getting back in the form after coming off the bench. Now he's in the starting lineup again. Uh, there's still questions about the bench and the consistency of the team, but they're just hoping that with the, maybe the Hawks make it because they always have a battle with the Boston Celtics. It's always hard with how their depth is. The Boston Celtics have a deep bench. They got guys on the bench that can start on any other team. Then you got that series. Uh, we, we always talk about Luka Doncic. But, man, Trey Young doesn't get the credit he deserves on that Hawks team. You, you pair him with the Deontay Murray, a guy who, who was on the like the lowly Spurs teams uh, after the, they broke up that team. He's producing with them. But Trey Young has broken out every year he makes it to the playoffs, somehow with teams that you don't expect. He's playing well. You talked about tonight. Hit the game-winning shot. He's able to extend the series. Now that series goes into Atlanta, where Atlanta could do that one and force in the game seven. Once you get to game seven, anything goes. You got Denver, as expected, they're up three to one. You got Nikola Jokic playing great, averaging almost a triple double in the playoffs. They should they should finish it out tonight. You got that Suns and Clippers series has been kind of a dud to me. You look at it from the beginning, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. But injuries have rattled that series. I felt like if the Clippers were healthy, they probably could have upset the, the Suns. The Suns aren't playing that great. They're just feasting on an injury-prone team. You, you do have Devin Booker who's balling out. But I don't feel like uh, Kevin Durant has stepped up to what he should be. I feel like he's missing something on a team because he's still trying to, to gel with Chris Paul and Booker because they haven't been on the court that long this season. So I feel like they're going to advance, but they might struggle in the next round against whoever they ha- they're matched up with because of that. You've got teams that have played with each other all season, but then you got the Suns who haven't. So you can you can get up on them early if you just stay healthy and you play consistent. And who am I missing? I think what other series am I missing? I think that's it. I mean, the only one that we really sleeping on, to be honest, is the New York Knicks. Those are the ones that oh, we're yeah. really sleeping I, on. Jalen Brunson performance, you know, it's like I said, the Knicks right now are the one of the sleepers ones. Yeah. And, and nobody's and talking Cavs, about them. And the Cavs are relying too much on Mitchell. Uh, he's shooting 35 shots a game. Uh, I always say you can never rely on a guy to shoot that much. And, and when your next closest guy shooting wise only has 13 shots. 
You can't. That's a team that made it this far because of spreading the wealth on that team. You got great big men. You got great guards. You got Darius Garland, who is a very underrated point guard on that team, and he's not getting the shots that's needed. They didn't get stopped relying on Mitchell and have trust in the rest of the team to produce, and they need to play better defense. I, I, I'm not seeing defense out of that team. Mm. A team like the Knicks, who are just joing at the right time, they started out so-so, but they've been hot the last month or so. you got, like you said, you got Brunson, you got Julius Randle. They're playing out of their minds right now. RJ Brunson Barrett has, played great in game three. The, fact that, great. the, fact, that Bar- the yeah. fact that Barrett can be the three instead of the one or the two, Fits him very well. Yeah, because he, he picked up Julius Randle's slack. Randle had a yeah. horrible game, and there was Barrett picking up his slack, just like you mentioned, Anthony Davis. Awful game last night. LeBron says, screw it. I'll be the yeah. alpha tonight. I'll go 20 and 20. I'll do what I got to do, dude. So, yeah, I, I love that. Great point, dude. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't have to uh, – just like you said, you don't have to be the one. When one of the one or the twos fall down the race side for a game, the other guy can pick him up and take the production and run with it. And the and with RJ Barrett playing as as he is, that gives him a third option scoring wise. But like no one talks about the Jane Brunson uh, signing as much as they should. This guy, ever since going on that team, has averaged twenty points a game. The reason I say the reason that the Mavs made that big run last year was because of him. Doncic, you knew what you were going to get out of him, but Brunson played out of his mind as like a, a second option to him. I, I said that when they didn't re-sign him, they were going to regret it. And then they come in bringing Kyrie Irving. And ever since the Mavs burned Kyrie Irving, they went, I think, 2-12 and 12 or 2-11. and 11, And they dropped from the four seed in the playoffs to out of the playoffs. They just didn't gel together. And Brunson knew his – he knew what his role was. He was going to be the 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 two to Donkage's one, and he would score. And then he just – they just gelled together, and he played defense. And then he moves to the Knicks, and he's kind of the same thing, but he's the guard there. He's the guard, whereas Randall's the one, but he's the big man. And they've just worked well together. It took them 20 games to the mesh, and now they have, and they found their roles on that team. And you talk about uh, Tom Thibodeau. He's kind of broken out of that mentality, uh, Tim would know, where he only plays the starting lineup and maybe one bench guy, and that's it, and he plays them heavy minutes. He's kind of done – a better job of using his bench more. It goes eight, nine guys deep, and that's helped that Knicks team. And with the fan base there, which is rowdy as ever, it helps that team out. It gets the team going, and uh, they should be able to close it out, I believe, tomorrow. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, in Cleveland. That's right. All right. D-O-M. My man, I mean, what did you guys leave for me? Shit. <laughs> no, no, seriously though. Newsflash, boys and girls. LeBron James is still LeBron James. I mean, twenty and twenty, it to go up three one. And I love that Grizzlies team. I love John Morant, but they are young, dumb, and well. I'm just gonna let the viewers and the listeners finish that statement. Uh, there, there is some serious trouble if if they get these kind of games out of LeBron James. And even if they can't, then they got to hurt Then They worry about AD turning it on best series in the playoffs so far has got to be Kings warriors. And it would be a damn shame if if that were, if that were to just end because of Fox's injury, I I, I would cry. I picked the Suns to come out of the West. 
it's looking like a given at this point, but we'll see. I mean, Russell Westbrook has looked better with the Clippers, but it just ain't enough without Kawhi. Like, it, it, you're just you're putting off the inevitable. Now, as far as the Sixers, I know, I know they're looking for Atlanta to take this to seven games, or at least I think, and I know I'd love to see them take that to seven games because I need my man to sit back, relax, get that knee right. So let's go Hawks because a it gives Embiid all the time, all the time in the world, or at least he's going to get to sit back and get that knee together. And B, it gives us a shot at revenge in the next round for them knocking us out. So that would be dope. And the Knicks are playing some inspired basketball. Like, Bakley hit the nail on the head. Julius Randle is usually the number one, and everybody works off of him. He struggled mightily. And the guys around him, whether it be, you know, Brunson, R.J. Barrett, picked it up, took over the game, and helped them cruise into a nice, into a decently comfortable lead. I think they finished that out. I really do. I don't think Cleveland's got it this year. I, I, I just... Like Bakley touched on it too. They're just relying too much on Donovan Mitchell, and that's not where they came from. I I think the Bucks are in a are in a situation like the Sixers were in last year, where even though you're fighting, the more you every time you turn around, somebody's either getting hurt or getting nicked up. You got Giannis had his problems. Now you got Middleton. You got a few other guys on that team. We were in that position last year. And B gets hurt going into the second round. Then we get to the second round. Harden gets hurt. And, you know, eventually there's just not enough stars, not enough talent in playoff basketball to get the job done, regardless of what you could have accomplished if healthy. And I loved, even though they were tested at the end of that series, I loved the fact that the Sixers without Embiid, even with James Harden and Tyrese Maxey shooting a combined, what, 10 of 38? Managed to pick up a huge win in the second half. They played tremendous defense. Tobias Harris took over. And honestly, I got to give a huge shout out to DeAndre Melton. He took over the fourth quarter of that game and could not miss. I think he had maybe all of his 15 points, maybe, maybe all of them in the fourth quarter to put that game away. Hit a dagger three right, right before Tobias Harris put another nail in the coffin. <laughs> Don't don't forget uh, Paul Red and uh, Paul Paul Reed who had oh Paulie Buckets baby ten ten <laughs> points fifteen rebounds off uh, uh, he, he definitely Embiid. stepped up for Embiid and played a big game and you know that that bench as who you know at, throughout the season it was kind of like Shake Milton and everybody else now all of a sudden you're starting to see a few other guys come off that bench and and be in bigger roles in playoff situations actually and actually perform up to par and i love that i love seeing tobias harris step up i mean 11 of 19 in game four 22 points uh, he he led the way but i'm just i'm hoping for seven games with boston and atlanta i'm hoping for atlanta to win i think the bucks are going to get knocked off i just don't think they're healthy enough to manage to hold off jimmy buckets who i wish i wish if we could go it, can we jump in at DeLorean, go back in time, and keep Jimmy fucking Butler? Can we do that, please? I love that man in Philly. Hey, can you think of the and fact that, that a team like that? goddamn shot from fucking Kawhi. I know it's forever ago, guys. I'm sorry. Mm. But that shot from Kawhi that hit the rim like 19 times and rolled the fuck in to eliminate us. Oh, oh. And then Jimmy's going and looking at him now. I love that man. I, I wish we would have kept him around. 
I might have a small bro crush on Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to lie. Jimmy Buckets hit me. (laughs) (laughs) Other than Nipple Mania, that's all I got. I'm done. It's been a fantastic – it's been a fantastic first round so far. I'm just hoping that the the Sixers can get him beat right for the second round. Love it, love it, love it. Can you imagine the fact – two points – there's two points that I have uh, with the, the the Bulls uh, are the ones that should have made it, but when you got the Heat, the Heat lost to the the Hawks in the in the playing game, the first game. Then they had to go in and play the Bulls. Everybody thought that the Bulls were going to win. I thought they were going to win, and then Jimmy Butler and the Heat played out of their minds and won that game just to get the eight seed. Well, Miami was Miami was five and a half point favorites going into that yeah. game. First of all, second of all, we were winning by like eleven in the fourth quarter and just absolutely. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. But then they go into the the Bucks series. They lose Tyler Hero for the for the playoffs. They lose Victor Oladipo for the playoffs. Essentially, mm. so it's two guys, and that's why. Jimmy Butler has had to do so much production. It's actually worked for them. But it makes me think of, I think it was game two. Imagine if uh, uh, if Giannis actually played that game and didn't get hurt. That was a game that the the Heat came in and won after stealing game one. So it put them up 2-0, I believe it was. Uh, imagine if it was 1-1. Imagine if then uh, the Bucks go and keep their lead uh, last night. We could be talking about the Bucks being up three to one instead of down three to one. That's how crazy that series has been, between mainly because of injuries to both teams. This is the third time since the bubble these teams have played against each other in the playoffs. There's a mm-hmm. lot of history there. Miami yeah. upset Milwaukee um, in the bubble to get to the finals. Milwaukee wow. beat Miami in route. I believe it was in the first round, yeah, but they beat them in route to win the championship that year. And here we are again. So. We, we, we talk about them every year. They come in, they play a season where half their team is hurt. Even Jimmy Butler missed 15 or 20 games, but then they, they just somehow stay at somewhat help, healthy for the player for one, and then they make a deep run. This is a team that, with the, the schedule that they have, they could beat the Bucks and they match up against the Knicks, but just like you said, which is a good series for the Heat to play against the Knicks because the Heat match up well against them. And that's a series that could go seven games. They could make a deep run. They could even make the NBA Finals as an eight seed because of the pieces that they have. I always say the only reason they were an eight seed is because of injuries to Butler, to Bam, to Tyler Hero, to the whole starting lineup. They had a point in time where only one starter was on the court for five games. And now that they're healthy, watch out for them because I feel like they could upset another team if they can close this out uh, game five. Absolutely. I mean, we, this, this, these playoffs are really, really, really have gone really interesting. And I, I'm, I'm excited if we look at the look at the bracket here, look what we have so far. I mean, it's exciting to see. I mean, I'm saying as Lakers – uh, everybody, you know, questioned in game seven, but I think, I think tomorrow they'll close it out. And I, I think, yeah, I think they could close it out tomorrow. The, but I, I do love the fact that, you know, Dom made a good point about the, about the Golden State and Sacramento. I, I am loving that series because it's yeah. exciting. Finally, we're going to see the Kings who has not been in the playoffs 
what's been what 17 years i believe is, has been the last time uh yeah. so yeah. it's been it's been a long time uh we're talking chris weber <laughs> and i will be i'm looking forward to see the matchup between the knicks and miami if they you know obviously if miami closes it out as well i think the knicks and miami is going to be a fun series to see uh of course sixers and celtics that's going to be fun to see as well we'll see how that turns out you know with the celtics uh yeah, Phoenix. Uh, looks like yeah, Phoenix, Denver. So this, yeah, it looks like in the Western Conference we could see Lakers, Phoenix in the Eastern. I feel that that's the one that I'm really. I don't know. It, could we see Jimmy, but you know Jimmy Butler again back into the finals, or could we see MB finally getting his momentum, being into the finals because he can never go there over that hump. That's the biggest, you know, the biggest question there. And mind you, that his issues is always with the Celtics. That's always going to be a concern there. I mean, with them and the Celtics. I mean, but it is an exciting playoffs. I am. I'm happy. I'm excited to see it. Shout out to Will Gray. What is going on, my hey, brother? Hey, what's Thank up, Will? So much. Yes, it's good to see the Kings being up. Absolutely. At least we're talking playoffs and not well practice. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got. I got a good question, and it's about MB and the Sixers. If they can't get past the Boston Celtics uh, this postseason. Do you blow it up? Because this would be the third or fourth straight year that they would lose to the Celtics in the playoffs. Yeah, James Harden's going to Houston next year. So it doesn't mm – -hmm. I mean, your team's not going to be good anyway. I mean, I'm sure you'll be good because you have Embiid, but you're not going to be NBA champion good because your boy, your number two option, is going to go back to Houston. I'm really pretty certain of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So we are down for that topic. Now it's time to get it into the second topic of the night, ladies and gentlemen. We're switching it up over here. So now it's time to get some football. That is right. Music. Oh, that's old school music. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here <laughs> to talk about, of course, the trade that happened 24 hours ago that is still has not been completely finalized. I believe it will be finalized by this evening. And hopefully we get to see Aaron Rodgers in the press conference soon as a New York Jet at his uniform as he is officially has been traded to the New York Jets. And let's take a look of what, you know, what was the package deal. So let me go ahead and play this video for you guys so you guys can see what was the package. As you saw that, what an amazing package the Packers got in return for Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, you're, you're especially having a conditional second-round pick from, a, a, you know, 2024 that if Aaron Rodgers plays 65%, of course, it will be a number one draft pick for it. So that good old really, 65%. Yes. And so, man. Got that Wentz number. Yes. And, of course, he got his number eight from his high school days before going to, you know, Cal State. But two questions here. Thoughts about Aaron Rodgers' trade and are the Jets considered – as Super Bowl contenders, and we, and also, if you look in the middle right here, gentlemen, I have the AFC East. Uh, yeah, AFC East right here is what I have. And as we see, they have all the AFC overall. We have the AFC North, South, East, and West. I have it all there. So, does this make the Jets uh Super Bowl contenders? But first, let's start with the Aaron Rodgers trade. 
I'll take it to you, D-O-M. Give us your take. Break it down for us. I mean, I know the Packers got a haul for Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, the Jets got the Jets remain with a with you know a top fifteen pick, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and then they even reworked his contract to take to make most of it a signing bonus. So they saved about forty three million dollars in cap space, which means they can still go out and shop for pieces around this dude. And if you looked at them last year with with Mike White with Zach Wilson, even Joe Flacco in the spaces, they were on the verge of a playoff team with probably the shittiest quarterback performance in the NFL. Robert Sala has really come in there and and revamped that defense into what Ivan is pretty familiar with in San Francisco, like made them literally to the point where they're beating Cleveland nine to six in overtime because they, because Zach Wilson can't move the fucking football, (laughs) you know? I mean, and and to get a guy like this who was a little frustrated, I know people are compared it to Brady and Tampa, but this just immediately throws me back to Brett Favre, hands down. Like he and he and the Packers organization were on the outs. He thought about retiring the next thing, you know, boom, Chad Pennington is gone and he's with jets. And the Jets had floundered the year before, turned around, made a playoff run, got eliminated, and then things kind of soured from there. It looks like at least the Jets organization has learned from that, the way they're dealing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, no, here, take your money. Take it. You want your high school number? Cool. We can't give you Joe Cool, but cool. Here, take number eight. Cool, cool, whatever. Pass the physical. You, we'll take this money. We'll go, we'll go get whoever you want. Whatever you want. You write the check, homie. We'll sign <laughs> So at least they seem to have learned from there. And I don't know a better possibility for the Jets than Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it makes them a Super Bowl team, but it definitely makes them an AFC East contender immediately. I mean, they played, you know, they, they played Josh Allen and the Bills pretty tough both times. Might have even beat them last year, if I recall. It's not... <laughs> And so it, it, to have, like I said, maybe some of the shittiest quarterback play in the NFL and, and be able to go beat the Buffalo Bills, and now you got Aaron Rodgers coming in the door, it's scary. I don't know if they can get by guys like Mahomes and the Chiefs. I don't know if they can you know, get by some of these teams that have retooled. But when you look at their division, I mean, there's Josh Allen. Okay, cool. Bills are going to be a contender. But then you got the Patriots and maybe Mac Jones is starting. Maybe they take a flyer on Billy Zapp- Zappy. Maybe they decide to have an actual offensive coordinator this year. That might work. Then you look at the Dolphins, and, and there's still reports that Tua is thinking about retiring. And if he does that, what do they have left? What, Teddy? <laughs> Teddy two gloves to the rescue. So it, come, it, it really becomes a two-horse race, and... With Aaron Rodgers, you got a damn good shot of pulling that division, being a top seed in the AFC, and then seeing where things go from there. Without him, you're probably seven and ten because your defense is badass. I think you muted the Go ahead, Bakley. Good thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was a trade that worked well for both teams. Do I think? The Jets are Super Bowl contenders. No, I, th- I think they still have holes on the team. You look at the offensive line; that's been a glaring weakness on that team for a couple of years. Even with that, uh, the running game that they've had over that, that time, that's been good. 
And last year they got Brees Hall. He's coming off of a major injury. We don't even know when he's going to be back for this season. Uh, they, they had trade for James Robinson. Now he's gone. So I feel like that running back game might be iffy uh, with the line, knowing that they need to focus on the line in the draft. And now they've moved back two spots and they've given up some draft capital. So might not be able to unless they do in the first round. But they have given him weapons. Uh, they, they do have Garrett Wilson. They bring his guy, Alan Lazard. That's his go-to guy. He, he broke out a little bit last year, 700-plus yards, six touchdowns. He had a good season. He wasn't the number one that they wanted him to be, but he played well enough uh, to be productive. And now he gets to be the number two on the team. He's a great blocker. Hey, they brought in another wide receiver a weapon on that team. They got two tight ends. They got a good defense. I feel like they can finish second on the team, but then you got to look at the Dolphins. If Tua comes back, he stays healthy. I still put the Dolphins over the Jets with uh, that defense that they had. Look how bad they looked with uh, that rookie quarterback playing in that playoff game, and they still almost had a chance to beat the the, the Bills because of that defense and because of that running game that they have and that offensive line. If two stays healthy, the weapons on the outside with Waddle and Hill, I still favor them as the the, the two the number two team in that division. But the, the Jets can click on all cylinders, maybe two, but the Bills are the team that I have at the number one spot on that team. Just the weapons, the defense, the, the running game, they've kind of revamped that running game there in uh, Buffalo. I feel like they're going to try and balance things out. That's something that the Jets, if you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's always had issues with the running game, even when Aaron Jones was there. And you could say it's the play calling, but he wants the ball in his hands. He he has that he, the, the hero syndrome where he has to come from behind and win games. And when you have a team like he did last year in the Packers where they ran for over 2,000 yards with two running backs, and they failed to make the playoffs because they couldn't find a happy medium between him passing the ball and the, and running the ball. He's always had issues with that, and he might have to uh, pass heavy with the question, questions on the running game. So I feel like that could be a big factor on that team because you know that defense is going to play out of their mind. But I still think that they're number two, number three team in the division. It's crazy to say that that the Patriots are my last place team in that division with how dominant that they were for the last 20 years. But now they've fallen on hard times since Brady leaving. And it looks like we got one more year before we can say that Mac Jones is a bust. They, even though they, they've been able to bring in talent, they just haven't done it in the first couple rounds. The Patriots do in the mid-rounds now. I think it's almost that time to where Bill Belichick probably has to call it uh, quit soon. But it's going to be interesting to see how both sides move on from here because I don't know if you want me to talk about the Packers, but I think the Packers might be a sleeper team uh, moving forward with what they've got. And I think that they pull – I think they put, will pull it out and draft a wide receiver finally in the first round after training Rodgers, which is crazy to think that – that's, that was his main point uh, of uh, one lead because they never should give him talent around him, even though he had a number one receiver for the last six, seven years, two uh, top 20 running backs, a decent line, 
and uh, like a good tight end, like and the, the rebuilding that defense. Like I never knew why that he wouldn't believe there in the first place, but change of scenery happens. I think I think with the Packers it was just they made the deal because they wanted to see what they have in Jordan Love. You fork over kind of like in the sense of the Eagles. They had that quarterback, but then they drafted one. And at some point when you have issues with the, your starting quarterback, you go, okay, I got this guy here. Maybe I need to see what I have in him. And he wanted out. They had to decide soon on the future of Jordan Love because he's coming into the fourth year. You know, you got to think of that fifth-year option. They want to know what they have because they don't want to go into uh, next year not knowing if he's good enough to be the guy or not and then having to make that decision then. At least they now have a full year of Jordan Love being the starting quarterback. They can see what he has. They can surround him with talent now. They got uh, they moved up from 15 to 13. They get a Senate rounder. They more than likely should have a first rounder next year if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. That's a big thing for them because then that's more assets to build on that team. And and they can rely on the running game this year. Like I said, you got two running backs that almost both out, uh, uh, that both had a thousand yards on the season and over I think 20 touchdowns or 15 to 20 touchdowns, but they can outdo that this year. You just have Jordan Love, who can be the the guy that gets groomed. We fail to remember that Rodgers was in the same scenario as Jordan Love was. He was drafted in the first round, had to sit for four years behind a Hall of Famer, Brett Favre, who at that time left to go to said Jets. Right. The same exact same scenario. And Rodgers played like shit in that four years as a backup in the preseason. And then once he became the starter, and things just woke up and he became a pro ball player, but it took like a year to get, uh, to get acclimated as a starter, but they played, he played well under that team and he turned into the hall of famer, not saying that Jordan love will, but this is his chance to make or break with that team. They could build around his strengths now and not have him come in and play under the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. And if he doesn't cut it, they got two first rounders next year and they can move on from him his contract will be over and then they could bring somebody else in. So I think it, it works out great for both teams. Okay. Indeed. Indeed. Let's see. It's only fair when the Packers suck for a century. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I'm due for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, before I pass to you, TK, I just want to say myself, I think it's a good move on both sides. I, I agree. Bakley, you valid points. I feel now that we're going to see Green Bay repackaging, rebuilding, you know, the whole organization itself now with, you know, surrounding pieces around with Jordan Love and especially with the picks that, you know, that they, they've received from the Jets. It, it, can, it, it can really – it's a whole rebuilding package for them. And not only that, it gives the opportunity to Matt LaFleur as well to develop how he wants to develop his, you know, his quarterback instead of, you know, of course seeing Aaron Rodgers switching the plays or not even, you know, going by the plays of what – what LaFleur provides him to. So now this is something that we're now going to see the actual performance of who is really Matt LaFleur. Now we're going to see that, not with Jordan Love. So now we're going to see who he really is. And and that's something that I'm invested in. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, what Jordan Love is going to bring to the table now under the guidance of LaFleur, you know, especially on that offense. So that's going to be very interesting to see. On the other hand, with the Jets, I think, 
it's a good pickup. Like you mentioned, all you know, you know, Lassard, how you mentioned that everyone that, he, that that roster has, even with this draft coming up, they this Thursday, which they need to pick up a lineman, they need a center, they need so I think they resigned their center, but I think they really need to pretty much protect Aaron Rodgers because at the age of 40. You never know. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady do it, but he's but he's not Tom Brady. He's he's Aaron Rodgers. So this is this is different now. So we don't we don't we'll see you know the chemistry. Let's see if he showed us with the OTAs. Let's see how much of a mark he's gonna make for that organization and how he's gonna help it elevate it where it's supposed to be. It has been for such quite some time. Uh in regards to the division itself, I honestly see the only two. Is the Bills and the Jets? I already don't see Miami. I think Tua might be in jeopardy here of his health. I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent. I mean, even though they they have a, a hell of a depth of roster as well, and Miami could you know have a, you know they, they can be potential playoffs in the playoffs. It could be the ball card, but I feel that the, the first two leaders will be the Jets and the Bills. The Patriots, yeah, like I'm, I agree. I think I think Bill Belichick this may be his last year. I think this is going to be the last opportunity for him. I think Kraft is already seeing, noticing that, that he needs to think ahead of the future of the organization instead of, you know, sticking with the past. I, you know, I love Belichick's minds, his mindset of, you know, of defense, but it's already done with. You, you, you're, how many rings do you have already? Your career, you, you, you've done such great, you know, tremendous job for that organization. I think it's time for you to move on. I don't think, I think it's, it's either be an analyst or just stay at home retired. You know, that's the best thing for Belichick. I don't think he should embarrass his career, you know, more enough that it's already had, not making it to the playoffs, you know, showing to, you know, showing us to the world that you can't do it without Brady. And of course, if Brady retired, I hope he retires along, you know, follow his footsteps. In regards to the AFC all overall, myself, my thoughts, I feel Rodgers to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't, it's, I don't see it. You're still going to have Kansas City, who's going to be a problem. I still – and mind you, San Diego – L.A. Chargers, excuse me. They're going to be a problem because people are sleeping on the L.A. Chargers of what they have picked up during the offseason and what they're going to do. I think the AFC West is going to come out strong in, in try to make into these playoffs and taking those playoff spots away from the rest of the divisions. But I feel that that AFC West is going to come out really strong this season. And – I and, I and I also want to see what Houston going to do, and we'll get into that through the last topic of that. But other than that, I feel it's a win-win for for both of these organizations. The only, now we're going to see the future, and now we're going to see uh, how to put trying to find words how to put it for Rodgers and the Jets. I guess now you're New York, baby. So now is your time to shine for New York. Now you're in the Big Apple. So let's see what you could do. Let's see. Can you be the face of that franchise? Like, you know, you know, Joe Namus did it. Farb did it for quite some time. Even though I saw Graydon's comments saying, oh, yeah, he's following his footsteps. Yeah, maybe so. But, I mean, where else Where else would he want it to go? Not with the Niners. I'll tell you that. I would not want him with the Niners. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because if you're not going to follow the, you know, follow the, you know, the, the guidelines, of course, under, you know, Kyle Shanahan, then – there is no need for you to be in that organization. No. And they already stiffed him on draft day anyway. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, Robert Sala is going to, he's going to have work to do, but the good thing for Rogers, he is with his old coach. Uh, so he's uh, his offensive coordinator, I believe it is. Uh, but so now, yeah, so he's already, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so he's back with Hackett. So they're already familiar with each other. So we'll, we'll see how that how it turns out the chemistry. It's, I'm not going to say it's going to happen all in one year. I don't think so. I, they'll make it to the playoffs, yes. Super Bowl, no. I don't see it. But, yes. Best for last. The man with the hours. The man with the knowledge himself. T.K. Oh, man. So this trade is a Bears fan probably went down as a top 10 moment in Bears history. (laughs) Because the owner of the team sold it, right? The owner sold the team. Me, I'm not like most Bears fans. I don't get salty when he says he owns us. The motherfucking man owns us. 24 and 5 against us or something like that. And listen, that man has caused me some misery. We lost in the NFC Championship to our arch nemesis. I was there was this Chris Conti game I call it where all we had to do was beat them and we'd be nine and seven or eight seven and one and we would go to the playoffs. We were winning by uh, five. Rogers throws a hail mary on fourth and eleven over Chris Conti oh, to Randall man. Cobb for a touchdown. Packers make the playoffs and I think they win a game or two once they get in there. And I'm just like, you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time same time you could look at it like his career is starting to regress and i kind of wish in a weird fucked up way and i was streets is saying get a get, goodbye get out of here in a weird way i almost kind of wish that i got to watch the demise of him happen in front of us while green bay was miserable because they were miserable with him he was miserable being there they were nine and eight last year they were never going to get any better with him so let them suck keep him there and let them be unhappy together so me as a Bears fan, while I'm glad he's gone, the other side of me is like, they would have just continued to be miserable paying him $60 or $60, $60 million a year. They would have been miserable. He would have been miserable being there, and they would have been miserable having them there. So as a Bears fan, I'm upset that their misery has now seated, and they've gone separate ways. So now I got to answer the question logically. From a trade aspect of it, Sure. It was a great trade for the Packers. My God, it was a, you got out of a contract. I mean, he could have just, you could have, they could have like made him sit in whatever and he could have forced his way out next year. And instead they're going to get, as, as you noted, in that beautiful little screen earlier, they're getting a second round pick. They got a flip of picks this year so they can go and get a wide receiver of their choice. They're going to likely get a first round pick next year out of it. What a haul for a 40 year old quarterback that you didn't want there anyway. So for the Packer side of things, ugh, A plus plus plus, great trade for them. Now flip it to the Jets side of things. I don't hate it for them. At the end of the day, it's two a second round and a 24 first, which at the end of the day, if you me, if you think that there's a guy out there who will win you a Super Bowl, go and do it. You gotta pay three first, go and do it. And we wanted Russ Wilson. I want to pay three first, four first. I didn't care. You know, we saw that worked out last year. But, you know, that's what I would have done. These guys all aren't Tom Brady. I'm sorry. People's bodies, they start to age. They start to get bad. I mean, Rodgers last year still had 3,900 yards passing. He had 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Still had a good year passing. A lot of that, though, was just dumps. He dumped to his running backs a lot. That that offense was based around that. So, when I want to talk about Green Bay really quick, this Green Bay team, I don't know how much they're going to be affected by losing him on the field. When you look at them on the field, he 
the numbers, all right, fine, 3,900 yards passing. I'd give anything for 3,900 yards passing as a Bears fan. We never, ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do I think Jordan loves him to throw for 3,900 yards? Probably Maybe this not. year. The way the offense is going to be suited is going to be around how around Jordan Love's skill sets. Like Bakley said, they're going to be run heavy. They're going to dump to running backs. They're going to run heavy screen action to Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs is a really good wide receiver. And, yeah, yeah. and. Bakley and I have talked about this in the past. The reason Rodgers has been so damn unhappy is because they didn't do anything to make him happy. Why? The floor comes in. He wants to show how big his balls are. So he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm drafting a fucking quarterback in the first round and a running back in the second round when I got Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. What are you doing? Go out there and put talent around those guys. Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins. Go and put players around those guys. Okay, so this guy is unhappy. He's going to leave. Going back to Green Bay. You said it. It's all on Matt LaFleur. We're going to see what Matt LaFleur has really got. We'll see what Jordan Love's got, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be more on Matt LaFleur, and is he really a good offensive-minded coach to put this kid in the situation? Then at number 12, they're going to take Jackson Smith and Jibba. If he is there, I would 110% guarantee Green Bay is going to take Jackson Smith and Jibba, and then you're going to put – Jordan Love with a guy who runs the best routes coming out of college in like fucking five years or maybe I, I don't know maybe a decade. Guy. But since like Justin Jefferson, so you're gonna have the best route runner since like Justin Jefferson coming out of college, dude. This kid is insane. So then he'll go to Green Bay, and Jordan Love will have two running backs, three wide receivers with JSN, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs. Not so bad. Talk about the offensive line there. Green Bay's offensive line only allowed 32 sacks last year. New York's offensive line allowed 42 sacks last year. Let's talk about the defense. Green New York's defense did allow 18 points per game only. Green Bay's defense only allowed 21.3 points a game. So it's not even like all these other factors are off. Wide receiver, sure. Going over to New York now. Garrett Wilson is an alpha. But yes, like yes. I just said, if you're going to get JSN in Green Bay, I, you know, you're 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 right there. Ohio State wide receiver, you Garrett Wilson, fancy football. If you're listening, you're a fancy football player. Go get Garrett Wilson. Go get this guy. But at the end of the day, do I really think Green Bay is going to be affected on the field? No, they went nine and eight last year. How much worse could they be? I mean, sure, they could be eight, nine, seven, and ten. I guess there are worse records, but they didn't make the playoffs. At the end of the day, if you don't make the playoffs, how much worse could you be than not making the playoffs? So then we're going to go and talk about the Jets in their production on the field. Will they make the playoffs? Like I just said, the offense is nice. You got Brees Hall there. You got Garrett Wilson there. They just brought in Michael Hardman. You got Alan Lazard. You got Corey Davis there. You have really nice pieces around him. Their offensive line went a lot 42 sacks last year. Sure, it could be the stiffs who are holding on to the ball too long. But like Bakley said, you got to go out. You definitely got to get a tackle on that team and some interior offensive linemen to help keep Rodgers upright. Defense is great. Everything Dom said about Robert Sala and that defense was spot on for sure. But look at that. Ivan, come on. You got we, – we talked about Kansas City Chiefs. No one, no one on this panel talked about the Cincinnati Bengals. Who Are you kidding me? You got mm-hmm. you got the Bengals. You still got the Bills and Josh Allen who are going to be hungry because, I mean, I think, like, the whole DeMar thing – screwed them and the Bengals last year. So you got yeah. two teams who are going to be extra hungry, two great quarterbacks right there. The Jaguars got better on paper again. Ivan, the, the Chargers, 
They just got Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. They were depleted and injury-ridden all over the field on offense and defense last year. They will be healthy this year. Denver is going to be better. They got Sean Payton. Russ ain't going to be doing fucking lunges on the plane anymore, all right? No. He's going to have a culture <laughs> around him. Denver is going to be a better football team. Miami, it doesn't matter if it's Tua, Teddy B, or Skylar Thompson. They got better on defense. Their offense is disgusting. They are going to be a very good team this year. And lastly, the Jets could have, theoretically speaking, went out and traded two first-round picks and got Lamar Jackson, signed him, and had a real quarterback of the future. But I do understand at the same time, $250 million plus a history of injuries, why they wouldn't want to do that. But there is always that factor that they could have gotten that or him as well. So overall, good trade for both teams, I guess. The Jets make the playoffs. Maybe is a wild card team. They ain't fucking winning the game in the playoffs, though. Maybe is a wild card team. Rodgers is going to be on the decline down. He's not Tom Brady. Exactly. And just to shout out to Buck Flair, I want to read his comments. So if wide receiver is so good, why is Stroud dropping, dropping in the draft? Media, Jackson, best wide receiver in the draft. But, but Green Bay needs a, a lot of help. Uh, Broder, uh, Broder Jones, however, depends on if they want a tight end. So, mm, okay. Let's see. If Eagle, if Eagles take, okay. So we're gonna get into that. That's gonna be the final topic of the night. So <laughs> give me I'll minutes. be a bigger fan of theirs, to be honest. Shout out yes. to Sports Cruise, by the way. Love you, bud. Yes. And then Rogers is a is an over glorified game manager of twenty twenty three. Is AMC Wild Wild West division is a yeah, I see. Yeah, I'm saying the, the, the look, look, look at the team last year. They they have two running backs, and they, they didn't know how to manage the run game and the passing game because Rodgers always wanted to throw, always wanted to be the focal point. So whenever they got the running game going, they'd be doing good. But then he want he'd have to be the guy to win the games for him. He couldn't let Aaron Jones and or Dylan be the guy. It had to be him. And then they had the one game where. They ran great, and they beat a big team at the time in Dallas. But then the next game, he goes and throws 35 uh, passes in the game uh, when he should have been thrown less. It, it, we'll find out if it was because of him or Matt LaFleur now. We'll find out now. But it, it was a thing for three the past three years where you had a great running back. What's the issue when it comes to the playoffs when you don't use that running game? Now they're going to be able to use that running game. So we'll be able to see if Aaron Rodgers was right or he was wrong. Until I saw Patrick Mahomes play football, Aaron Rodgers was the most skilled quarterback I have ever seen in my life. So now he's the second most skilled quarterback I've ever seen in my life. If he has any sort of balls, because I feel like there's something that's always been missing in him, which is why they only got one Super Bowl. But if he can somehow find that brain, heart, ball gene, maybe they can get to like the second round of the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. But no, nah, man, that he's, nah, he's done like street said, man. Um, and Brian last year, I predicted all four of those teams from the AFC West to make the playoffs. I didn't realize that uh, Josh McDaniels was such a pud. My God, <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> I mean, he proved it. I mean, where was he? See, where, uh, with Denver, Denver, he in Denver, he didn't do a damn thing. And he won a playoff game with Tebow, so I thought he was like, okay. But he had like 15 years ago get himself better as an OC again. But no, yeah, Pud. You guys, Pud. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what McDaniels will do with Jimmy G now that they're both familiar with each other, and of course they've worked with each other alongside. This is a while back, but this is a different Jimmy G. You know, he comes from the mindset of what he had along with Kyle Shanahan, what he gave him all, you know, give him everything to to pick his brain. And I'm hoping that Jimmy G will actually show McDaniels here. Look. This is what I was taught at. You so know, he's going to have to teach area. Skippy how to run an he, offense. He's going to teach, yeah, <laughs> he's going to teach him how to run an offense. So that's why I feel that maybe that that the AFC West is going to be strong, and would it, it also depends on what they surround also with Jimmy G. I mean, even besides Devontae Adams, uh, but still, they're just knowing what they're going to surround him as in. Yeah, they don't have much. They got Devontae Adams. They signed Jacoby Myers to a three-year, thirty-three million dollar deal. They traded that's Darren it. Waller out of town. So right. Much. Yeah, let's see. But the AFC South has flipped its Jags at this one or two now for a while. Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. I mean, but man, great, great stuff. Great, great stuff, man. I love it. Love it. Awesome stuff, gentlemen. Now it's time to get into the last topic of the night. So we'll close it out here. Now, before we get into this topic, ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to, if I'm, once again, if you're new to this channel, follow us because we'll be here. That is right. We'll be yes. here this Thursday. What I've watched along for an incredible collab with the Mock Draft Guy. Make sure you follow both channels and also on Twitch. We will be live alongside with the Mock Draft Guy going and doing a watch along for the NFL Draft, which is the last topic of the evening we're going to get into a preview of. That is right. It is time to talk about the NFL Draft. Of course, on if you see on my screen right here, I have the, the top 10. I have, of course, Carolina number one, Houston number two, Arizona number three, Colts number four, five of Seattle Seahawks, six Detroit Lions, seven the Vegas Raiders, eight Atlanta Falcons, nine Chicago Bears, and 10 the Philadelphia Eagles. The top 10 picks here. Now, man, it's getting exciting because it's going to happen within the next 48 hours. And once again, you know, if you join us for the watch log, same time as, as the draft will come out, we'll be there. If you're watching us again on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, subscribe to us, add to the mock draft guy as we're doing a, a fantastic collaboration doing this watch along. But we're going to give a little preview, which I want to hear these three gentlemen give their preview of these top 10 picks of what they, these top 10 teams should do with their first round picks. So I will start it off with the DOM once again. Give us your take. Or what are you excited for? And break it down for each one of these, if you can, who they should pick up. Oh, man. I mean, you look at at least Houston and Carolina, and you got to think quarterback. I mean, Carolina is going to go into next year with what? Baker Mayfield? Good luck. I, I, I know he wasn't half bad, but he wasn't half good either. Like, they're they're using these number one retreads year in and year out. Like, Darnold, Mayfield, whatever the fuck. Like, take your own number one. Take your own number one and go with that. Uh, and honestly, I know people are high on Bryce Young, but take Stroud. Don't, don't go with the midget. Don't go with the midget. This dude, <laughs> this dude is a decent size. He played at a huge school. He looked like he could make every read and every throw. And he's, and he's and he's a little mobile too, so you know he would fit in with you know your your offense in particular. Even though 
coaching has changed up a little bit. You know, it run heavy. It's going to be tough without DJ Moore, but maybe they could work on something, you know, later in the draft. The Texans, I mean, they they got to take a quarterback. They got to. How many games last year were they just like rotating quarterbacks on different drives, even if there wasn't an injury? And both of them sucked. Both of them. One sucked worse than the other, and the other could kind of run, but typically got sacked. Like they gave a game to the Cowboys. It was terrible. <laughs> and and so yeah, it, that that feels like where Bryce where Bryce Young will land. And good luck, Houston. I, I'll feel for D'Amico Ryan's. I love that dude. Uh, I, I know he was a former Texan, but he's also a former Eagle. And that dude has and a, a former Niner. Niners D coordinator. Yep. Love the guy. But if he gets trapped with with Bryce Young, I guess he's better than what you got. If he can see over the line, obviously the Cardinals got a quarterback who can kind of see over the line, so they don't really need to worry about that. I feel like offensive line would probably be a good move there. Like Kyler's been Kyler's been running for his life till he gets injured. The running game has fell off, even you know with that kind of like each red rocket type run and shoot offense <laughs> I, I feel like line would be the best thing there seattle i mean anything on defense anything on defense at this point you found geno smith and you and you dusted him off and somehow he put, had an all-world season you got a couple of backs you got a couple of receivers anything on defense anything offensive line feels like the, the best way to go there and you look at it, and the Lions, same thing like defense, man. You had an offense putting up 40 points a game, and you were losing 41 to 49 times out of 10. <laughs> you know, like again, talk about retreads. You know, you, you got a quarterback off the scrap heap, and he looked good, unlike some of the other ones, like Carson Wentz. <laughs> you got a couple of backs and you added another one. You, you, yeah, maybe a couple guys got caught up and caught gambling, and maybe that changes your strategy going into draft day, depending on suspensions, that type of shit. But I feel like defense add to that side of the ball. You did it last year, it kind of worked. Continue. Um, the Raiders, Jesus Christ. I mean, what, 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 what do you do there? You just like, <laughs> hey, who's available? We'll take that guy. Because what are you gonna what are you gonna do with? I, I mean, I know I love Jimmy G. I love Devonte. I love Jacobs at running back. He had a resurgence last year on a very bad team. But what the fuck are you gonna do with the uh, 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 until you fire your coach? That's pretty much what it boils down to. Because when you can make Derek Carr look worse than he did the year before, and he's probably gonna look all world in New Orleans. This pick is going to be a wash. It's just like, hey, we'll bring somebody in, but it won't matter because Josh is going to have to coach them off. <laughs> the Falcons are interesting here because you know, maybe they found their guy in Ritter. They've got a couple backs. They, lo- they lost out on a wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, who's going to be with, you know, Jags this year. Maybe they go wide receiver again just to try to add some weapons around, you know, to that offense with London and with, uh, oh, Christ. Completely just, <laughs> but, you know, with Pitts, you know, and, and Cordero Patterson and the guys in the backfield, I think you add another weapon and then you work on the line later on and you see what you've got in this kid since you've got him on a rookie deal. Bears. Anything you can do to protect Justin Fields. You got him wide out. 
you know, you 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 got a you got a few picks, you got some cap room. Anything to put in front of Justin Fields so he doesn't have to run for a thousand yards and still get sacked like fifty fucking times plus. <laughs> that's that's the number one priority, and then you go from there. And the Eagles, I mean, yeah, we got Rashad Penny, and it's great. Yeah, we got some guys. I need Rashad. I need him. I gotta have him. <laughs> I gotta have him. I think it was an April Fool's joke where somebody said Zeke was coming to Philly, and I was like, "Oh man, I hate that motherfucker." <laughs> It's funny because it's not I don't a want Zeke. Draft. I want Bajan. And then when they said April Fools, I said, good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of mock draft picks that the Eagles will pick up Bajan. That's what everybody's really predicting. This That's could be the case. The jump, and they man. just they just had him on one of the they just had him on one of the shows and he said that he would like to play at Jane Hurts. Yeah, oh. as soon as soon as they no, as soon God, as they no. let Miles Sanders God, go, no. that was my pick there. And oh, I skipped the Colts, didn't I? I'm I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I don't even care about the Colts. They can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> you know, I feel Colts can find a quarterback. Do a don't retread one again. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't say that about the team that took Wentz from us. And then it's okay, a favor. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. That's, a, that's how we got AJ Brown. Respect them. Okay, thank you for that too. But but still, just, just take, a, take a quarterback. Stop retreading these guys that work with Philip Rivers and everybody else has been a fucking wash. Just a flat out fucker. Either draft a quarterback or go beg Andrew Luck to put a helmet back on because he's at least got fresh legs and a solid arm. <laughs> What's going on, Getcho? Appreciate you for tuning in, brother. Yeah, you never know, but I, 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 I feel like maybe the Colts could make a trade. You never know. They, mm. they might make a trade for that pick. And the thing I hear Lamar Jackson. That's what I hear. I was just about to, the thing that I wondered is, are the Colts going to call Baltimore and say, like, what do you want for Lamar? We'll do like a sign and trade deal where we'll send this pick and whatever you give us Lamar. That, imagine him and Jonathan Taylor. Nasty. That's nasty. Mm. Nasty. Mm. That's wicked. Mm. If Taylor is healthy, of course, but that's yeah. that's wicked. Both of them, but together, nasty. Both of them, yeah. I think the two of them could keep each other healthy. You know, <laughs> I don't have to run as much with you here. Same here. <laughs> All right, Bakley, what do you got for this? Let's not forget the one thing you got: Houston number two. They're also number twelve, so they yeah. got a second first round pick right there at the end, the end of that ten spot. And that plays a big factor in what they do because I think with Carolina, it all depends on who they go with. Is it Stroud? Is it uh, Bryce Young? Is it an X factor where they trade back again? Uh, they trade back again because there's been reports that they kind of like Richardson, but they don't want to take about one. Uh, mm. Just like uh, there's been teams that are linked to Richardson, but th- they want to try and move back and get them. And if Carolina goes with what the report is lately, which is Bryce Young, I think there's a 10% chance that you don't even see the Texans take a quarterback in round one. I think there's a good chance because if he's there, I think there's really strong reports that the Texans don't want C.J. Stroud and they'd rather go Will Anderson, which I think would be the better pick. Because if you look at who their coach is, 
D'Amico Ryans. You look at Warren yeah. Anderson, that's a big pickup for that defense that struggled at that position and last year. They've struggled mightily there. You don't have to force a pick and take Stroud just because you need a quarterback. You can take Anderson there. You look at 12, we talk about Green Bay taking uh, Jackson Smith. What if the Texans went there at number 12? You get Will Anderson, you get Jackson Smith, you improve the defense, and then you get a big weapon on offense uh, mm-hmm. right there. And you could still go and get a guy like Hannon Hooker or Stetson Bennett in round two or three. And I think you look at you look at Hannon Hooker, that's a first-round talent. They don't even need to start him this year. Hendon Hooker is fine. Stetson Bennett shouldn't be fucking drafted to the sixth round, if anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking older than Dom. I probably got a better arm, too. Let's be real. <laughs> but, but, but I'm thinking, uh, like, they got the first pick of the second round. They could get Hendon Hooker there unless a team goes and takes him, like the Vikings of round one, because that's a guy – you can still start Davis Mills this year. You add a, a, a weapon for a wide wise. You let Hannon Hooker sit and heal. He comes back next year. You got Hannon Hooker. You got Jackson Smith. They already have Nico Collins uh, there who, who's been learning the offense uh, well the last year and a half. You got a, a stud running back in Pierce. You revamped that O-line mightily this offseason. And that defense hasn't been too bad. It's just that I think they go Bryce Young at two if he's there. But if they don't, I seriously think that they go Will Anderson number two. It just all depends on the Panthers. And it's kind of a trickle effect because you got the wild card in Arizona who don't need a quarterback. They have Kyler Murray. So what are they going to do? Are they going to stay there and go defense? Or do they find a suitor to trade up? and take their picks so they can get assets to improve that team since they're under a new head coach, new system. Uh, you don't have that same offense that Kyra Murray is prone to playing. How is he going to do in that offense? There's a lot of questions in Arizona. So I could see a team like uh, Indianapolis or somebody else, like there's been talks of the Vikings trying to do anything they can to move up because they know this is probably the last year of Kirk Cousins, and they want to get a guy in place with the young talent that they have there. So there's a lot to play there. You hear the rumbles of the Indianapolis Colts. I think they can take quarterback. I think they reach on Will Levis. Uh, Will Levis has the skills, mm-hmm. but I think he's raw. I think he tries too much, uh, but I think they like the chances they have with him to let him have the job, groom, and with two guys already there, it's possible, but if but if CJ Stroud were to fall, it'd be interesting to see if they take Levis over him still, or if they go with Stroud, because then you get to the next pick in Seattle, who just signed uh, Geno Smith. They could very well take a quarterback, knowing that they only have him for three years, and they could sit. If somehow Stroud falls, that is the perfect spot for uh, for him. He can sit there for two years, play behind a guy that has similar skills, learn under a guy in Pete Carroll who rejuvenized uh, Geno Smith. They had, they had a great season last year. No one expected the Seahawks to be anywhere near good last year, and it was because of Pete Carroll, uh, head coach. He can develop guys well. Then you've got the Lions. I think they go defense. I think that was their weakness. There's a chance that maybe they do go Bijan because they just let – 
uh, Williams go, and you, you see the injury issues with Swift there. Shoosh! Shoosh, shoosh! Shoosh, please! You got the Raiders. I think the Raiders go Anthony Richardson. I think they need a quarterback. Has to be done. They shouldn't think of any other thing other than that. You got the Falcons. They actually are pretty good, uh, decent on offense. Uh, minus, like Desmond Ritter, you got to see what he has uh, with a full offseason as the guy. They brought in, of course, Heineke as the backup, but they got a, a Drake Linden, first round pick. They got Kyle Pitts, first round pick. They got Cordero Patterson. They got a late round, I mean, mid round pick in Tyler Allgaier, who was a stud last year as a rookie running back. Thousand yards, four or five touchdowns came out of nowhere uh, to do that. So they have a running back solidified. Uh, they need to work on the O line a little bit. They're getting aged in there in defense. That D line, uh, the, they had the least amount of sack pressure in the NFL last year. They need that. So I think they go uh, D line there. You got the Bears. I'm, I'm only going to say O line because that's a big issue there. We know that the Bears are always going to be decent on defense, and they got the weapons on offense. They got seven million tight ends on that team, and they got <laughs> they just brought in wide receivers, and they they got Khalil Herbert at running back. He's very underrated yards per carry type mm. of guy there, and of course Justin Fields. We don't need to say any anything about him. He's a stud, top ten uh, quarterback this year, I believe. So I think they either go. Uh, O-line or maybe defense, but I'm going to think that they're going to go O-line because the number one thing is protect the quarterback, protect your franchise guy, and they need to do it. They have guys, a couple guys there, I feel like, but they definitely need to solidify that line, kind of like Houston did this offseason. That was the number one priority. Do anything they can to protect whoever the quarterback is, and I think that's what Chicago does. you got the Eagles. Eagles have options. This is a team that just made the Super Bowl, and somehow they turned that Saints pick into a top-10 pick. They could go running back. They could go O-line. They've always been a team that want to focus on the trenches uh, on the field because you want to have as much bodies as possible. Uh, so I think that's something because they don't have a right guard now. I think they're moving Cam Jurgens from center to right guard this season because we didn't expect Jason Kelsey to return, to come back. So now that he's come back, you can move Cam Jurgens there, but maybe they draft a guy uh, for a right guard for the following season, knowing that Jason Kelsey is not going to be there forever. He's, he's talked about retiring for a couple of years now. So they plan ahead, just like they've done – uh, with some of their picks, three of the five, uh, four of the five linemen have been uh, draft picks early in the drafts that they've selected, and then they've sat a year, and then they come in and they played at a Pro Bowl low. So maybe they do that. Maybe they go O line. That's my thought process there. You don't need Bijan, but that's a luxury that you can choose to go, and that's really the only uh, position there because they do need safety. But I think they could take that at thirty. Uh, because I think safety, the only big safety is Brian Branch. After that, it's all it drops from there. So I think maybe they look at that thirty if he's there, but I think they go O line. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it, man! I love the chat tonight is getting hot, man. Thank you, Buck Flair, man, with all your your, your analysts, man. man. Hey, love it, appreciate you. Hey, if you're not subscribed, love subscribe, that. brother. We appreciate you very much. Yeah, please. All right, best for last, the man. 
What's up about IQ? I want to hear what this man got to say. Because ah, I get, I get. Oh, this is so. the draft expert above me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is. I wouldn't say an expert because no one's an expert, but I, you guys, you guys broke it down. You guys broke it down uh, very, very well. You guys did a really nice job. So, first question from Buck, I think I saw in the chat earlier, was like, "Why is CJ Stroud falling so much?" And I don't understand it. After the combine, CJ Stroud was the number one player out of it, and Anthony Richardson was like up his ass. Now, listen, me personally, I thought Bryce Young was it. IT number one pick, period. I don't care if he's five foot four. He and he is a little guy. He's a, he is a little guy. But sometimes if a little guy's got it, little guy's got it. His player comps all go to Drew Brees, plus he's got mobility. Okay. It, and I'm not saying he's gonna be Drew Brees because Drew Brees is a top 12 quarterback of all time. But yeah. damn, he can be half a Drew Brees plus mobility. This kid's gonna be special. So Bryce Young, I get going. He would have been my pick halfway through this season, the bear season, I'm sitting there like, fuck this tank for Bryce trade fields. And then fields just became fucking Justin Diego. The guy I thought we got out of the Ohio state university. He became that guy or he became it just like, I think Bryce is going to be Bryce is going to be it. So Carolina, two first round picks, a second round pick DJ Moore, all to my bears from nine to one. They're going to take the guy they want. And I think it's Bryce young. So go and take Bryce Young. Texans at two. Now that's tough. Again, I don't quite get why C.J. Stroud is falling down. Me personally, as the Ohio State fan, I don't think C.J. Stroud is very special, to be honest with you. Like, I don't. I never saw it, and I, I don't get it. And I never got why he was supposed to be better than Bryce. And I kind of like that my vision of Bryce going one is probably going to happen. I don't know why Stroud's falling. And if you know, all the rumors are true. Houston doesn't like Stroud. So Houston doesn't take Stroud. Then Houston takes the best player in this draft in Will Anderson. So Houston at two goes ahead and takes the best pass rusher, the best player in this draft period, Will Anderson. It leaves number three, Arizona. Street said it earlier. Kyler asked three years in a row for an offensive tackle. They didn't do it. As a matter of fact, in the last 20 draft picks, I believe they've only picked one offensive lineman. Two offensive linemen who have started two snaps for them. Crazy stuff, dude. So do I think that they should go offensive tackle? Sure. Do I think they should do it at pick three? Absolutely not. So what does that mean? I think the Titans have pick 11. So the Tennessee Titans are going to go ahead, train up to pick three. But they're not going to take C.J. Stroud either. And again, I don't know anything. I'm no analyst. I know nothing. I read like everybody else. But from what I read, the Titans are in love with Will Levis. So that would leave at three, the Tennessee Titans coming up, taking Will Levis. So we got Bryce, we got Will Anderson, now we got Will Levis, which leaves the Colts sitting there salvating. Like, oh my God, please let this happen. Because then they fall into C.J. Stroud. So they're like the happiest people in the world. They're rejoicing. Jim Ursay has got a bottle of Crown Royal down, cigars all over the place. Right. They are going in Indianapolis. Yeah, they're going crazy celebrating, so they get C.J. Stroud there. Five, Seattle, Jalen Carter, easy pick. He is the second-best player in this draft. Maybe they go Tyree Wilson because they don't want to deal with his character issues. So maybe they go Tyree Wilson, which is fine because if Seattle goes Tyree Wilson at pick six, you know who can deal with character issues? Meet Campbell. 
Meat Man Campbell. Okay. Meat Man Campbell. Yes. <laughs> he will deal with Jalen Carter and make Chris. that man into a man. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I personally want him to end up – well, I want him to fall to nine because I want him. But I think, like, of his situation, that's the best spot for Jalen Carter to go. Seven. Okay. You could go Anthony Richardson here. Sure. I personally don't think Andrew, Anthony Richardson's a good going to be a good NFL quarterback. And I don't think I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's got any arm talents at all. I think he's a great athlete. But if he's Lamar, Lamar light, no, why take him at pick seven? Go P BPA. Your team's not very good. Hell, if you're not good this year, there's great quarterback coming out named Caleb Williams next year. Get in the running for Caleb Williams. Take Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback. <laughs> out of Illinois, make your defense better, go cornerback and take BPA there. Atlanta, that's tough. You want to go corner there with Christian Gonzalez? Do you want to go? No, I didn't miss Detroit. I got J I got Jalen Carter going to Detroit, my dude. Jalen Carter, Detroit, six. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you keeping me on track. But, yeah, so uh, I got Tyree Wilson going to Seattle. I got Jalen Carter going to Detroit. And then Devon Witherspoon going to Las Vegas. And then I think Christian Gonzalez is probably the guy for Atlanta as he's the, be the best defensive player available, and they need to go defense. So they I'll do. go Christian Gonzalez there. They're hoping Tyree Wilson falls to them, though. Like, they are begging, pleading for Tyree Wilson to fall to them. Maybe they make a move up to try to go get him, but they, they, want, they want Tyree Wilson there. But I got Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, 1A, 1B for sure. So I think Oakland and Atlanta go there. The Bears. You guys are all going to be like, you're crazy. Yes, offensive line at this point is the best bet. Yes, we should go and get Paris Johnson because he's the only actual offensive tackle that's sitting there. Broderick Jones is a project. Peter Skoronsky is a guard. Okay, yeah. I will freak out if we draft Peter Skoronsky. We don't need a guard. We have three guards. We don't need a guard. Skoronsky translates to guard in the NFL. Might be a great guard. He could be Zach Martin. Right now, we need BPA. So if it's not Paris Johnson, what I want to do is the fan, and you're going to slap me. We have the solo. I want I want Jackson Smith and the Jibba here. All right. <clears throat> sure, we just traded for DJ Moore. Sure, we just traded for Chase Claypool. Pick thirty one. Shoot me in the head. Pick thirty one went for Chase Claypool, and we have Darnell Mooney. But listen, Chase Claypool's contracts up after this year. Darnell Mooney's contracts up after this year. Dar, dar, these guys aren't great football players. So everything I said about Jackson Smith and the Jibba earlier, if you could add him with DJ Moore, that's a formidable one-two. And then you pay one of Chase Claypool or Darnell Mooney, probably Claypool because you just traded a first-round pick for him, and then you let Mooney walk. Do I think they're going to do that? No, you need to protect the kid. You put Paris Johnson on the right, and our line did improve. You got the guy from Tennessee, Nate Davis, playing right guard. We're moving Cody Whitehair to center. You got Tevin Jenkins going to left guard. And Braxton Jones is a fifth-round rookie last year, rated PFF top 10 on the left side of the offensive line. So the line will be improved. Me, I want Jackson Smith and Jiva. But I get why they go and get protect him and build the trenches. And that's my top 10. And for all this analysis and more, make sure you tune in. Thursday night right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network live for the NFL Draft. Yeah. Ah, baby. <laughs> the only reason why I got Paris Johnson the Raiders is I think you could be right. 
with Jackson, it feels has. has I could, I could, I could see with the Raiders. I could see them go uh, a corner with with the fact that they got Jimmy G there, who's on contract for a year. Then he has the option for a second year. I remember that from Streets. Which he'll pick it up. He's gonna, he's gonna pick yeah. it up. Hey, I man. remember that from Streets the other day. You gotta check out Streets and all of his content on oh, Rotor Slappers. Man. Great stuff. Always tune in for that because he knows and, his shit. And he needs to be on Thursday with the mock draft guy. That's he is. He, he, is our fa- he is our fantasy football correspondent, baby. So he will be on with us. Yes, sir. I'm there for yes. it. And then, such good uh, shit. Such you good should shit. be too, folks. Such good shit. And then Brian, he said, "Hey, Bloodline, what is the chance that next year's draft will be stronger than this 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 weekend? Bears and Packers are getting all these picks in the offseason is a clue, I think. So what do you guys think? I think I think Denver had still had is getting a first round or two from. Uh, the Russell Wilson trade because they have four. So I think that'll be the last year of that one. And it it should be good though, because just like he says, you get a stud in Caleb, Caleb Williams, he's gonna just be whoever gets him is gonna be great because that dude can pass, that dude can run, he has the vision, he has the arm strength. Like dude, he could have came out this year, he might have been number one. That's how good he is. I feel he like. would have been. Oh no, he would have been. Oh, no, he yeah, and he would have been number one last year, and he will be number one next year, and that's why the Texans are sitting there. Because if you think about it, the Texans get Will Anderson, and then a guy like Jackson Smith the Jibba at twelve. Okay, so you got the two BPA. You go into next year as a crap team again, and you go for that one seed, and hopefully Lovey Smith isn't there anymore to gift the Bears the number one overall pick in the draft, dude. Right? Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, and then not only that, I mean these next couple of years as well for the NCAA, there's a lot of changes coming within within the next year too, because you're gonna have a lot of the players, especially going to the big, you know, you're gonna have a lot of big teams, I would say. You have USC, UCLA, who are jumping into the you know, to the Pac ten mm-hmm. starting next season. So and, that's gonna and, be, it's gonna be and you got Texas and you got Texas, Oklahoma jumping into the SEC. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's gonna be very, very mm-hmm. interesting. So the program's gonna look Really, I think the depth itself is in a. I think it's anybody's ballgame, to be honest. All those it's moves, gonna get wild. it's gonna get wild. Mm-hmm. And seeing the depth of you know these freshmen, you know, you know, I like I said, I don't know much. I watch as much as I can on college ball, but seeing just these freshmen this year, I, man, I think next year's. I feel next year's NFL job is gonna be great too compared it's, to this one's too. It's 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 all all because of the NIL because you got teams mm-hmm. that like you, you look at teams that are powerhouses that have the big time uh, facilities to work in on the college level. Now with the NIL teams are getting these players because of that. Like you look at Tennessee, they're able to bring mm-hmm. in uh, great quarterbacks just because they know how to use that. Yeah, uh, you, you got other teams. That say like USC and Alabama, the, the big time teams, they're gonna be losing. A, they're still gonna get not eighty percent of what they usually do, but they might not get ten to twenty percent now because of the NIL. And it's gonna make a little bit more of a bounce to where even though they're still gonna be the creme of the creme, you're gonna have more teams rise up and play better. So it's gonna be better overall competition, yeah. and that's gonna create more opportunities. Players who maybe they would have went to 
Georgia and sat for three years. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but now they're going to go to a lesser team and play for three years as a starter because they're getting paid through the NIL. Exactly. You got two players. Steven will have a heart attack over it, but yeah. I love it. <laughs> you, had, you had two teams. You had two uh, quarterbacks in the NIL last year that were making more money uh, than your boy uh, in Cincinnati. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Really? Then Burrow? Burrow was only making $7 million last year. And the one kid from Miami who I think just transferred was making $7.5 million as a, as a freshman or a sophomore <laughs> through the NIL. Jesus. And, and I just want to say to my guy, Buck Flair, as I said, the Ohio State's wide receiver, you, the best of the wide receivers from Ohio State's coming out next year, Marvin Harrison Jr., He's mm. better than JSN, better than Drake London, better than Chris Olave, better than Garrett Wilson, dude. Like, this kid is the real deal, Holyfield. He's probably going to be better than his dad, dude. His dad what is – oh, we don't It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me one bit. Yeah. Um, that kid is legit. Dude, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. This uh, – you know, besides this Thursday's draft, next year's going to be exciting. Next year's programs, yeah. everything else with the NLL – NIL, especially in place already for the NCAA to see now these college ball players getting paid and now actually seeing the developed skills. It's 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 a great it's a great time to be a NCAA and NFL football fan. I tell you that it is a mm-hmm. great time. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. It is that final. It is time to end the show here because it's already done. That is right. The debate is over here. We- that's why we yes, all went to our over. neutral corners. Yes. <laughs> that's why we went to the neutral corners because of that reason. So that's the only reason. That is right, baby. But we already thank you. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in here on the Debate Center. Once again, for all of you guys who are new, who are watching, who are listening as well, subscribe to the Bloodline Entertainment Network, YouTube channel, and on Twitch. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. The Bloodline Entertainment Network. You can find us there. Do not forget also, you want to get all these incredible articles, anything that you want to read from from the the world of sports, of Miss Martial Arts, of professional wrestling, also NFL mock drafts, and also MLB fantasy drafts, and of course, top matches of the week in pro wrestling, and a lot more coming once we get, you know, once the draft is done, give our takes about it. Who who did the the best and bad decisions? So be expecting articles of those as well happening on the Bloodline Network. So go to bloodlinenetwork.com for your pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to get everything there. And I would like to thank here my debaters here as they gave uh, such good shit. Breaking down everything. I'm a master debater. I'm just saying. Sounds like Ryan Davis went down again. <laughs> yeah, Garcia went down. Oh, that body shot. Mm. That body shot. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But, yes, once again. Once again, Thursday. One. Yes. That's right. Thursday, baby. Join us this Thursday. Subscribe. So, once again. This is a, the devious one I've been seeing here with my other host. Of course, the banger of bangers, the TK, the real TK. And, of course, the notorious one, the notorious DOM, 
South Philly Cycle Dom, and the man with the IQ that this man knows his NILs. Who know who knows gets paid more better and a half and seven and a half and under the half. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it all. Yeah, where's, the all the the where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? That's the most. That's why he is the man with the IQ. That is Dan Bakley from Cage by Thank IQ you, as Buck. well. Thank you, Buck. We appreciate you very much. Love you, Tune in Thursday, Buck, so you catch the watch long. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for watching.